Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, get your Bible out in whatever form you read it. And uh, we are going back to our series on Hebrews chapter 11. We're continuing our faith series. We're going to close today by taking communion, and I'm always really blessed to be able to take communion together. Now, you know what? The faith life is so unique. It's so multifaceted, and that's what you see in Hebrews chapter 11. And one of the things that we're going to discover as we walk through um, this chapter, the great hall of faith, as I've said many times, not of perfect people, of imperfect people who just loved God and believed God and lived by faith. But one of the things that we'll be discovering is that part of faith is believing. Everyone say believe. Faith believes. Then there's another facet of faith. It's still believing where actually by faith we receive. Everyone say receive. So part of faith is believing. Part of faith is actually receiving from God. When you live by faith, you not only believe God, but you receive by faith. Amen? And today we're going to look at a Bible character who actually received by faith. And because he received by faith, he was favored and counted as righteous uh, uh, before God. And that Bible character, this is a unique type of receiving today, but that Bible character was Noah, the builder of the ark. Today we're going to be looking at Noah's life. And I want to give you a couple of quick, before we get into the text, I, some quick historical um, uh, kind of some facts, some biblical facts that you may not know because uh, in the world they try to take the story of Noah's Ark and turn it into kind of a kid's story. So as it turns out, the ratio of six to one is the naval design's industry standard for optimum stability for ships. And the ark of uh, the Noah's Ark was based on this six to one ratio. The ark was approximately 450 feet long and about 75 feet wide. This sanctuary is close to 100 feet wide. And so the ark kind of like was maybe from wall to wall or, or a little bit in on each uh, side here. And to this day, ships, all of those cruise liners that you might see, to this day, ships are built under the same dimensional proportion that Noah's Ark was. Everybody say, oh, snap. (laughs) See? See? God knows. God knows how to build a ship. And um, there's a man in the Netherlands who actually built an ark to its exact dimensions, and it actually functions and floats. Look at this. I got a couple of images for you. So, so this is it. Put up the next one here. They actually built it right on the water. He says he wants to, I don't know where he wants to travel with. He wants to take it to Israel or something like that. 
hey, everybody's got their own calling, you know what I mean? But, um, but this is what, it, what he imagined it looked like on the inside. And uh, one of the top, their University of Leicester, their top 200 universities in the world, they did a study on this and basically concluded that the ark could determine that the ark could have held about 70,000 animals. And so when you, this was not just a story, this really happened. How many believe in the word of God? How many would say amen? Praise the Lord. So, so I just wanted to put a couple of those things up. Let's jump right into the text today. Hebrews 11:7 in the NIV says, By faith, Noah, when warned, everyone say warned, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Because the Bible says the righteous will live by what? Faith. So we are considered righteous when we live by faith. Our righteousness is not built on our own deeds. Our righteousness is built on our faith in the, in the finished work of Calvary. Jesus went to the cross on our behalf, and we will celebrate that today. How many are thankful for the work of Christ today? Hallelujah. Our faith is in what Jesus did, and that's what makes us righteous. Not like, you know, I try to be a good person. It's good to try to be a good person, but that doesn't make us righteous. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. But see, when we believe, we're considered righteous in the presence of God. Amen? I love Hebrews 11:7. Watch the, uh, in, in um, this is the Passion Translation. This is capturing the meaning of the text. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and, everyone, warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience, obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. And so you see here that, that he had a special kind of faith, and the title of the message today is Faith Receives a Warning. Faith Receives a Warning. Everybody say amen to that. We want every facet of faith to be part of our lives. Amen? Yes. Receiving a warning is part of the faith life. I love going through texts of the Bible because what's awesome is that the Bible covers things that we wouldn't naturally think about or even necessarily want to hear about. But how many know if the Bible covers it, we need to hear it? Faith comes by hearing and the hearing of the word of God. And so it's important that we learn to honor and value warnings from Scripture. Warnings are all over the Bible. Here's a couple of examples very quickly. We're going to pray in a moment. But look, in, <clears throat> in the beginning of the Gospels, 
It says, speaking of the wise men, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The angels warned the wise men, go another way. Okay, Joseph, right around the same time, right at the same time. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. God warns his people. Living by faith means not only that you could believe God for blessings, not only that you could believe God and trust God for provision, for, for breakthroughs in your life, but living by faith also means that you receive a warning. And look at what the Bible says in Proverbs. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. You see, when we don't live by faith, we belittle and we diminish the warnings of God. And when we diminish the warnings of God, what happens is we keep going and we pay a price that God didn't want us to pay. We struggle and we suffer. And so here's what I want to do. I want to pray right now for this facet of faith. And I'm so mindful all the time. The Bible says that in the last days, people are going to have itching ears. And they're going to look for teachers to tell them things that they want to hear. But I want to, I want to encourage you today. Forget about what you want to hear. What you need to want to hear, what you need to develop a taste for, what I need to develop a taste for is for what God wants me to hear. For what God wants to say. How many would say amen? The word of God. The word of God is what's most important. The word of God is the final authority. Living by faith exalts the word of God, and we want it no matter what. How many would say amen today? So I want to pray because, um, you know, in this kind of world of political correctness and all of these different crazy things that come up in culture, we as the people of God, we need to keep things straight. We want the word. How many would say amen? We want to submit to the word. We want to follow the word. We want to live by the word. We want to honor the word. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will, uh, will uh, stand forever. And we want the word that stands forever. Amen? So let's pray right now. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for all of the Bible. We thank you for all of the verses. Lord, all scripture is God-breathed and is profitable, oh God. And we wanna profit, Lord, from every facet of truth that comes from your mouth to your people. And so, Lord, today, give us hearts to receive today. If, in, if, if necessary, or when, oh God, the time arises, Lord, help us to accept and receive your warnings. Help us to emulate Noah, the man of righteousness, oh God, not a perfect man, but Lord, a man who believed you and who followed you and who obeyed you, even when you asked him to do something that was pretty radical, oh God. Give us that kind of faith, that kind of heart. Bless, oh Lord, our time together now. 
And Lord, let it make a deep impression and impact on our lives. Lord, we love you. We praise you, God, and, and we desire to honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. amen and amen. The truth of the matter is, is that God will warn those that he loves. It's important that we take a, 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 a good look at this because we're living in a day where people um, don't want to be warned. People don't like to be warned. People take a warning as, as a condemnation or they take a warning as a criticism. But sometimes a warning is just that, a warning. And what I want to do is once again to hit the note that we're going to see how when, even when we receive, it's in the context of the definition of faith that we've laid out. I know I'm kind of like a broken record on this, but I want to, I want to keep going back to the definition so that you can look at the definition of faith, the multifaceted definition of faith in light of the new character and the new lesson we're learning. So Faith defined is twofold, confident expectation in the presence, power, and provision of the unseen God. That's faith in the person of God. Everyone say, I believe in the person of God. Yes, we believe in God is real. And we have faith in that person. And then it's also absolute belief and trust in the command of God. That's faith in the word of God. Everyone say, I believe in the word of God. You see, and so faith is, is both sides. It's the person and the words of the person. And this is really seen here in light of our subject today because when we receive by faith, it's both. It's we receive by faith in the person and we receive, we receive by faith in the words of the person. So let's look at this very quickly. Number one, faith receives a warning from the heart of God. It says, by faith, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, uh, uh, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to, to save his family. Now I wanna, I wanna stop here. When God spoke to Noah, and when God said, Noah, get ready, here's what's gonna happen, the key thing in Noah's heart was the fact that Noah trusted in God, the person. Noah said, if God is telling me to do something, then I'm going to do it because God doesn't want to hurt me. God doesn't want to harm me. God wants to help me. God wants to save me. God wants to save my family. How many, wanna, how many feel that way today? God wants to save our family, help our family, help our children, help our marriages. That's who he is. It's faith in the person. It's understanding that God is a good, good God. He's a good, good father. How many would say amen? And so when even though he was warned, he knew that the warning was, was a, a, a loving warning. It was a desire to help him. It's almost like many times parents will say to their kids, look, be careful. And they're like, oh, ma. Why do you think your mother's saying that? You know, if you're a teenager here, you're a junior higher, 
Or you think your parents wake up after, after changing diapers, after feeding you all those times with Baba. You, you don't know. I was just watching. They were feeding my grandson. You put the food in the mouth, food all over there, clean it up, do it again. You know how many diapers you change when you're a parent? Well, I didn't change that many, thank God for my wife, but that's another. That was a hard stewardship for me, but it's a different conversation. So, but you understand your parents love you. They give you advice, they give you counsel. And a lot of times, teachers, coaches, all throughout life, people say, hey, don't do that, be careful with that. And, and when you really trust the person, it's easier to receive the warning. You see, and by the way, everyone needs warnings. You know, I got a quick video for you today. So today's Super Bowl Sunday. And, um, and this is a classic example of a willingness to take a warning. I suspect that if the head coach of the LA Rams didn't receive a warning, they may not even be in the Super Bowl today. Watch this. was probably the most difficult one to deal with when I was on the field because you're always trying to get closer to the action. Coaches, whether it's, you know, a position coach or even Sean McVay now, I literally have to spend most of my time while the offense is on the field standing right behind Sean and ripping him out of the way when the official's about to run into him just so we don't get a penalty. There is an art to it. It is kind of like a dance. Maybe tango, like a sidestep into the path of the official and then remove back. <laughs> I'm always going to try to be aware of our get back coach. He is good at pretty much everything else in life, but the one thing I would say Sean McGray is not, not good at is situational awareness of the actual sideline. In, in... <laughs> now, what if he was like, hey, don't put your hands on me? I'm the head coach. Penalty after penalty after penalty, knock him right out of the game. You know why? Because everyone, once in a blue moon, we need a shove. Come on, somebody say amen. Everyone, once in a moon, once in a blue moon, we need someone to say, hey, come over here. The Bible says, snatch those that are staggering towards the fire. Proverbs chapter 24. Every once in a while, we need someone because we don't have a situational awareness. You see? So that guy happens to be the youngest coach in the NFL, and he's in the Super Bowl. He's taken his team to the Super Bowl. He's considered a genius in his own right, and he's doing great. But if he lacked the humility to receive a simple warning, all could be lost. And look, Life is way more important than a Super Bowl game. 
So how you doing with the shoves of life? Because sometimes the Lord is trying to pull you in and saying, look, it's all good, but you need to be on this side of that line. Faith receives a warning and says, thank you, Lord. I know you love me. Thank you, Lord. I trust in the person of God. Sometimes it's a shove. Sometimes it's a little bit more like this, right? We've all been there. You ever have the light go on for one of these lights? You know, I've only run out of gas one time, but I have to tell you this, it wasn't my car's fault. Because the light did go on. The light went on. When the light goes on, how many know we should pay attention? Could you imagine you arguing with your car? You know? This car is so annoying. That gaslight goes on. This thing, I need another car. You see, but a lot of us, we do that with people. We do that with Jesus. Jesus is warning us. Jesus is warning us. And he loves us. He's the person that loves us. How many would say amen? amen? Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. The next time you feel a warning from the Lord, remember, faith receives a warning. And the key with faith, remember, faith is multifaceted. The key with faith, it all begins. And what do you believe about God's heart towards you? Is it to help you or to harm you? Did he really send his son Jesus to the cross? Did, did Jesus really come to the earth and suffer all of that to harm us? The Bible says if he was willing to give his one and only son for all of those things, how much more will he give us all things? All the help of the Holy Spirit. So many of us. I want, we talked last week about being upward. I want to be so in, how many want to be in tune with the Holy Spirit? God, put us in tune with the Holy Spirit. And so, so listen, one more thing on this issue. When God warns, he warns us, you know, in a variety of ways. Sometimes it comes through people, you know. Sometimes it comes through key people. If you're married, it could be your spouse. You know, it could be a parent, it could be a teacher or a coach. It could be a person in authority. That's why we have to teach our kids to love police officers and to, uh, um, you know, we need to teach them to pray for them and firemen and all people who are in authority. We live in a world that is so counter authority. See, but if you honor authority, okay, you can't miss when you honor authority. Even if authority goes off, how many know there's an authority above that authority that can still protect you? How many would say amen? You know what I mean? And so there's something, faith says, God, you're at work all the time, every day. And I want to receive. So that's the first, the first part of, of, of the first side of faith receiving a warning. It's all about the person. The second side of it is this, okay? Faith acts on the warning from the word of God. Faith without works is what? Dead. 
So some people get warned and they kind of, okay, but then they don't do anything about it. You see? But what he did is in holy fear, he built an ark. He was not just warned, but he built an ark. He got to work. He acted on the warning. It's a big deal. One thing is to be warned. Another thing is to act on the warning. So this is the second side of it because, look, faith acts on the warning from the Word of God. The Word of God is enough. If the Word of God says some, that something is not good for you, that should be enough. If the Word of God says to avoid this, that should be enough. Because you know the person who spoke that Word loves you and cares for you and wants to bless you and you honor the Word of the Lord. How many would say amen? See, the world goes their own way. The Bible says the darkest period, the darkest period in the history of the Bible was the time of Judges. And here's what characterized the time of Judges. It says everyone did what was right in their own eyes. But see, we want this to be an amazing year of faith. And what how does that happen? Is we act on the Word of God. You see, we act on the Word of God. We say, Lord, if you say it, I want to live it. If you speak it, Lord, I want to do it. The bottom line is this. We have to accept God's Word at face value. You know? So, someone once said, you know, they were talking about Jonah, about how a fish swallowed a man, which, by the way, there are um, historical um, documentations of a man being swallowed by a fish, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Here's what, here's what um, Billy Graham once said. Billy Graham once said, the minute you say in the beginning God, he said, I could believe not that a, a fish swallowed a man, but that a man swallowed a fish. I'm sorry, I'm saying that backwards. He said, I can not only believe that a, that a fish swallowed a man, but that a man swallowed a whale. Because... In the same God who can multiply fish and feed 10,000 people, the same God who could raise someone up from the dead. There was a story when Jesus was walking and a, and, a, and a guy was in the casket, the widow of Nain. She was in the casket, her son was in the casket and Jesus walked up and they were mourning and weeping and they were about to put him right in the grave and Jesus walks up and remember to touch a dead body was to defile him, to himself. You understand? The people who were carrying that body, they would be defiled ceremonially and they couldn't even go in the temple and go through a process. And Jesus walked up and said, nothing can defile me because I am the great I am. And he touched that thing and he rose him right out of that casket. Hallelujah. As Christians, we take the word of God at face value. What the word says, that's what the word is. What the word says, that's what the word is. And so faith receives the word. Look, there are certain things that you and I might like, but God says in his word, that's not good for you. I'm telling you right now, wisdom and faith choose what God says over what we want. How many would say amen? Come on, let's praise God for his word right now. And here's what will happen. Ultimately, here's what will happen. Faith will always make a servant out of us. 
See, faith makes a servant out of us, and servants obey radical assignments. If you're going to serve God and you're going to live by faith, the Word of God will make a servant out of you. Because ultimately, the Lordship of Jesus Christ means that we bow our hearts to Him and say, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want to do, whatever you want with my life, God, have your way, Lord. I'll say, yes, Lord. Lord, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. If you build last week on this week, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. Just speak to me, God, and I want to do your will. How many want to have that kind of 2019? Amen. And so look, here's what happened. We, we go to close, and now we're going to take, take this, but take a communion together. But I just want to highlight this because the Bible speaks to this particular issue. The Bible says that Noah, in a sense, condemned the world. And what it means is that his testimony was a rebuke to the world. We don't like hearing this, but this is the truth. Your obedience, this is a part of walking with God. Your obedience will stand as a testimony in places that you work and live and go. God will say, I put examples in front of you. I put someone to talk to you. That's part of our role. And so look, Noah's life testified to God's truth. Noah's life testified against worldly disobedience. And look, some, if you ever walk in a room and people are annoyed with you, just know that that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, oh, there goes so-and-so. And then they say, the holy roller and all this kind of stuff. Say, hey, I'm good, you good? Do what you want to do. I'm going to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Let's see how it turns out. You know? So, 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 so yes, yes. Don't drink because they tell you to drink. Don't do this because they tell you to do this so that you fit in. We're not supposed to fit in. On the contrary, we're supposed to testify. My heart and my life belong to Jesus. Lastly, Noah's life testified to God's faithfulness. Because, listen to this. God said, build an ark. And whoever gets in the ark, they shall be saved. You see, if you got in the ark, guess what? Even though the water covered the earth over the highest mountains, over the highest mountains, the water covered the earth higher than the highest mountain. That's how much water flooded this world. But guess what? They were saved because they were in the ark because God is faithful. We do what God says, he's faithful. How many would agree that he's faithful? So look, we're gonna take, we're gonna take communion now. And as we go to take communion, we're taking communion in light of the person of God and in light of the word of God. And, and one of the things that happens is when we come to take communion, is we're remembering what Jesus did and we want to align with who Jesus is 
and who Jesus is calling us to be. The purpose for us to take communion is for us to realign with God, get under his lordship. And, and when we take communion, communion is a time where we do soul searching. We ask ourselves, how are we in light of God's heart for our lives? How are we in light of God's word for our lives? And if there's things that are contrary to his word, today, in the name of Jesus, receive the warning. When we come to the communion table, we repent. If we need to repent, it means that we turn away from things that we know are not pleasing to Jesus. So we're gonna pass out the emblems now. But look, could you, I, my prayer today, here's how I was praying early this morning, God, let our people get the most out of communion today. Let them get the most out. Not, this is not just some cer ceremony. This is powerful. The, the spirit of Christ is here. He's here to heal. He's here to set free. He's here to cleanse. He's here to renew. He's here to give us a fresh start. How many praise God? He wants to give us a fresh start today. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin to pass out the, the cup, which represents the blood of Jesus, and the little pieces of bread, which represent the body of Christ. We want you to take it and hold it and then we'll take it together and look we're gonna get a little busy now but I want you to continue to listen just keep listening for a few more moments here then we'll we'll get even more quiet and then we'll pray and take the emblems together the Bible says that when you're gonna take communion you should take it right and that is multifaceted on one side of it Here's, it means this. It means that um, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're, this symbolizes taking Jesus in. Communion symbolizes taking Jesus in. Now this is, this is symbolic, that is a symbolism that is blessed by God. It's a sacrament that is blessed by God. But what's more important is that it happens spiritually that we take Jesus in. When the Bible says, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. When a person is born again, what they do is they invite Jesus in. They invite Jesus into their heart. They invite the effects of the blood. They say, Lord, you shed your blood, but now shed your blood on me, on my life, on my past. And if you're here today and you never had a moment in time when you actually Ask Jesus to come into your heart, okay? With God, you start a relationship with him. It's not that you went to church. We can all walk into a building and walk out of the building. That doesn't mean that you started a relationship with Jesus. Christi Jesus didn't die for people to go to church. Jesus died so that people would receive him into their heart. And if you're here today, you've never done that. Just come on, close your eyes. You'll feel the thing when it comes by. But if you've never done that, 
and you, you, you want to, and you feel the Spirit of God knocking, because the Bible says, I knock at the door of your heart. Anyone that will open that door, anyone, no matter what you've do, done, no matter where you've been, no matter who you are, none of that matters. If you open that door, he will come in. He'll cleanse you. He'll forgive you. He'll, he'll sup with you, the Bible says. He'll be with you forever and ever in fellowship with you. And if you're here today and you want to accept and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to start that relationship right now. Would you raise your hand right now? Is there anyone here? Hallelujah. Anyone here, you want to accept Jesus this morning as your Lord and Savior? Anyone I can't see, hold your hand up high if you've raised your hand. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, I can't see any hands. Okay, so then we're just going to wait. And as we're going through the next few moments, here's what we're all going to do. We're going to begin to search our hearts and ask God, Lord, is there anything that you've been warning me about? Is there anything that you've been prodding my heart and speaking to me about that, Lord, I haven't been listening? Is there anything that's displeasing in my heart? If that's you today, right at the moment, here's what you're going to say. You're going to say, God, I release that. I turn away from that, Lord, even as I go to take communion. There were two people that raised their hands. I'm so sorry I missed it. Listen, let's pray right now. If you raised your hand, I want to lead you in a prayer. And we're all going to say this prayer together. Come on, let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this communion Sunday. Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, you came to this earth. You walked a sinless life. And you went to that cross for me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. And I ask for your forgiveness and for your cleansing. Remove all the guilt and all the shame right here and right now. I open up the door of my heart and I invite you in. Sit on the throne of my heart. I don't want to be in charge anymore. I want you to be my king, my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. Thank you for receiving me, even as I receive you. Amen and amen. Could we all say hallelujah and praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. For those hands that went up, for those that prayed this prayer for the very first time, you belong to the King. You have become a child of God. All of heaven is rejoicing over the decision that you made. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We want to congratulate you. Hopefully you got a, a, a gift box from us. It has a Bible in it and a note in it and a card. Please fill out that card. Give the card to one of the ushers. We just want to connect with you. If you have the time, please go into the visitor center just to the left of our doors. We'd love to connect with you and talk with you for a few moments. 
and just welcome you into the kingdom of God and help you start your new relationship with Jesus. Could we praise God one more time? Hallelujah. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my way down. And as we're searching our hearts, I was talking about this. As we're searching our heart, communion is so beautiful. You're not supposed to rush communion. This is a time where you search your heart. What's amazing about the Spirit of God is that there are all of us together, and yet God can have an individual meeting and conversation with each one of us all at the same time. So what we're doing right now is we're, learning, we're letting the Lord search our heart. Close your eyes for a minute. Just let the Lord search your heart. Ask him, God, is there anything you want me to address? Any attitude, any behavior? God, I want to walk out of here right with you, God. I want to be aligned with you, Lord. Relationships, choices, secrets. Today is a day to get those secrets under the blood of Jesus and washed away. I just got a testimony that someone at the beginning of the year, after I think it was a communion service, they deleted a couple of phone numbers they had to get rid of. Today is the day you, you hit the delete button. Today is the day, lastly, before we take communion, Today is a day that we forgive people because we recognize that Jesus not only died for what we have done, but he also died for what was done against us or done to us. The blood of Jesus is strong enough to forgive their sin too. And so we want to invite the Spirit of the living God to come and to cleanse and minister to every heart. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen now. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Pastor Matt is going to pray now over the bread which symbolizes the broken body of Christ, the punished body of Christ, so that we could be free. Jesus, we thank you this morning, Lord, that your body was broken for us, Lord. Father, we remember the amazing sacrifice that you gave, O oh God, which was yourself, Lord. And Father, we thank you today that when your light shines upon the areas of our heart, you never shine light to shame, but you shine light to bring transformation. And Father, if anyone here is hearing the warning of the Lord, and we're hearing that, God, may we have the courage, Lord, may there be courage and strength, oh God, today from, the, from heaven, oh God, to respond to that. Lord, you went to the cross, Lord. You, you, your body was broken in obedience to the call of the Father. And Father, today, we may every heart be filled with courage to say yes to the warning of the Lord. And we thank you that brokenness is exposed so that your healing may be in place, oh God.
By your stripes we are healed. Our body is, your body was broken so that we may walk about in wholeness and strength, Father. So we remember that today. And as we take this, God, now would you deposit that fresh strength and courage to say yes to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the bread. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, the new contract. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim or celebrate the Lord's death until he comes. Pastor Dave is going to pray now for the cup, which symbolizes the blood that was shed for our cleansing and freedom. Jesus, we thank you that you shed your blood on Calvary so that we can live a brand new life. God, we thank you, O oh Lord, that your blood, it washes all of our sins away, O oh God. Lord, you said, O oh God, Lord, that your blood would make us white as snow, O oh God. It cleanses, it makes pure, O oh God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were willing to lay down your life so that we can experience a shameless life, O oh God. Lord, a guilt-free life, O oh God. And Lord, we just pray right now, O oh God, Lord, there's... there's might be uh, yokes that the enemy has placed on your children, oh God. We pray in the name of Jesus that those would be broken, oh God. Lord, that your blood, oh God, would go into the darkest corners of our hearts, oh God, and release and set free, oh God, from guilt and shame, oh God. Lord, as we lie before you exposed, we pray, oh God, apply the blood to every part of our mind and every are new every morning, oh God. And so, Lord, we take, oh God, communion today, and we know, oh God, Lord, as we come to you, you're making us brand new, oh God. So, Lord, we thank you, oh Lord, for a fresh start, a fresh opportunity, oh God. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, oh Lord, that your blood made a way for us to be close to you. God, we love you, and we worship you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's take the cup together. Hallelujah. Could we stand to our feet and worship God for cleansing us and forgiving us? Come on, open your mouth. Let's begin to bless him. Hallelujah.
everyone take someone's hand as we close in prayer. I want to pray for a new freshness in the voice of God in our lives. A new freshness to the word of God that we would hear and receive like never before. Come on, begin to pray. Father, to the left and to the right, make us like Noah. Make us a people who could hear and respond, oh God, in holy respect, in holy honor, Lord. We want to hear the word. Act on the word, oh God. Let the word of God flow, oh God, in the midst of the congregation. Let your word speak to us as we walk out our every day, oh Lord. Help us, Lord. We receive by faith. We receive the promises and we receive the warnings, oh God. Thank you. Thank you for cleansing. Thank you for freedom and thank you for a fresh start. So Lord, send your people out now rejoicing in the God of their salvation. Rejoicing in the one who saves, oh God. And listening, Lord, for every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's go.